0: Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. This week I'm joined by Paddy who is a personal trainer specializing in helping people rediscover their energy and confidence to allow them to thrive and feel their best self. Paddy is also super passionate about helping beginners overcome gym anxiety and feel confident in the gym as they start on their fitness journey. Hello. Welcome, Paddy. Thanks for joining me me on on the Refresh and Change podcast. Glad to have you on. It's my pleasure. Good, good. We're going to dive into some good chat, but um, before we do that, I always like to get guests to give us a bit of a background about themselves, who you are, what you do, what you're all about, and then we can get some some good conversation.
1: Sure thing. So my name is Paddy. I currently work as a personal trainer, And I sort of stumbled into the industry by accident. So the short and long story is I went to uni to be a vet and I quickly realized that that wasn't for me. And so I changed my degree to sports science and started just really enjoying that course Um, throughout my time at uni. I was one of those kids that would sort of like go home every summer and try and work for a little bit and save up some money and spend it and save all that sort of thing. So every summer when I went home, I was a lifeguard. And um, the gym that I was working at with the pool said, oh, for an extra three pounds per hour, um, you can get paid more as a PT. So I was like, oh, wicked. So um, probably the wrong motivations at the start where I literally became a PT, got my six-week qualification or whatever it was um, to earn three pounds more per hour and then that sort of sat on the back burner for a little bit and didn't really do anything with it and then as I was doing more at uni I was getting into a bit more like sports science and strength and conditioning coaching and um, just started reapplying some of the lessons I learned in my PT qualification that I didn't really value a lot at the time Mm -hmm. Um, but it came came in to serve me well alongside my degree and then Fast forward through a couple of different roles, working within Glasgow Uni, and then working a little bit within Glasgow Warriors, the sort of, people can't see me, but I'm putting my hands up, elite sports setup, Mm -hmm. professional sports setup anyway. And I realized that it's one-to-one, and it's sort of like general population clients that I preferred to work with. It was those individual relationships where you can sort of like lodge yourself into someone's life and improve it in some small way, rather than feeling like... I don't want to badmouth the strength and conditioning industry because my better half is in it and I like it in general. But for me, it felt like that I was there to have one specific role and I was very replaceable and my delicate ego couldn't handle that and still can't handle that. So that's why I prefer working one-on-one now.
0: Mm. I love that. I honestly, I love hosting the podcast, but I love finding out more about people. Everyone that I've had on as guests, I'm blessed and privileged to know and have, you know, be friends with a lot of people that I've had on the podcast. And I've known you for years, Patty, and I never knew yep. that you went to study vet, like vet vet med. Yeah. Vet med. How um fascinating. I I love also stories where you can then join all the dots in hindsight. So, like you say about the PT for that extra three quid per hour, but actually it probably set you on a path that at the time you weren't really aware of, but it, it helps with, I suppose, what the, what the goal is now. So I love that. I just, yeah, so much wisdom in people's journeys. Um, another question I ask all my guests, because I'm fascinated about it, is obviously change. The whole podcast is about change. But how do you feel about change? How significant has it been in your life? How, you know What emotions do you attach to it? How do you just generally feel about change?
1: Well, even if I look through my brief backstory there, I'm very grateful for it. It's one of those things that it's sort of even a small change can turn your life a little bit topsy turvy at the time, and then you sort of look back and you're like, "Oh, I'm only I'm only here because of that change," and I feel as though, I mean, I know this this podcast focuses a lot on gratitude and sort of like trying to be a better human, which I'm I'm all about trying to, and um, I feel as though you can either choose to just deny change or you can choose to accept it. And I feel as though the end, like life doesn't care, right? You're going to go along this path. You're going to be bored and you're going to die. And hopefully you're going to enjoy what you do in the middle. And for me, if you can be really grateful for where you've come and sort of accept it and hopefully even view it like the universe is pushing you towards being something, doing something and and whatever you want to do in that short space of years that we have, then yeah. it can be positive.
0: Yeah love that yeah it's almost like that uh, like the serendipity isn't it of life in terms of uh, whether it's um what's that film sliding doors you yeah. know the old, like one little thing or one choice of decision takes you can shift your whole trajectory of your life like that stuff blows my mind when i start thinking about it and when you look back for those Um, moments where you listen to your intuition and your gut and you took an opportunity or maybe times where you didn't and then it's you know I just find it fascinating to start like unpicking some of that stuff.
1: It's nuts isn't it I I mean that and the whole sort of like six degrees of separation where you meet people that you could have literally walked past waiting for a bus in a previous role and you have no idea and then somehow you realize that that happened and then you I view that as quite similar to change because I'd love, I mean, it's it's literally impossible. But if you could follow someone's life story, sort of like you're in a movie and obviously mm-hmm. we're, their own, we're our own main characters in our own movie, mm-hmm. but kind of mad to believe that everyone else is sort of like an extra or a non-supportive cast in our lives, apart from our family, our friends and our main circles. Mm-hmm. But if you followed that tangent back, it would be amazing to see how much we all overlap. And I think if it wasn't for change, then we wouldn't be able to find out a lot of that. So I hold change in high regard that being said a lot of it terrifies me a lot of the time and I think trying to be at peace with change has sort of helped me become less anxious and hopefully a bit more secure in myself as a human.
0: Yeah there's so much I was gonna unpick but when you said about being your own main character which I talk about actually with people because like you say it's about enjoying that time between being born and dying and living at the best but and thinking about other people in our lives as the supporting characters but they're all living their own movie as their lead character and we're the supporting in theirs so you start like overlapping people like it's just that human connection and human community and tribe and all that sort of stuff just yeah fascinating Um, when you're saying about the time between when you're you born and you die i actually shared this on instagram the other week i don't know if you saw it but the poem the dash
1: I haven't yet oh, but I, this, you're you're talking to someone that's terrible on social media so
0: yeah fair fair you i'll maybe need to point it out to you but the dash i'll maybe share it in the show notes or share a link to it because it is my favorite poem and it talks about effectively the two dates on a tombstone you know you the the year you were mm. born and the year you die and the dash is actually the most important bit and about how you go and live it and ha- have that real sense of gratitude fulfillment joy happiness chasing the right stuff in life and yeah yeah yeah, it's it's a really powerful poem. So I'll um I'll point the listeners in the direction of it, and I'll share it with you, Paddy. But um Thank yeah, you. I love everything you were saying, and that and again it's been it's been aware and being comfortable with how it actually does make us feel, and actually arguably that's true of anything in life, like tapping into those emotions. Because it's fine to say you know I embrace it and I hold it in high regard, but actually it terrifies me at the same time, and it and yeah. I'm intentionally. I suppose working on myself to be more at peace with it and to accept it but you know it's um, it's it's acknowledging any emotion that comes up so yeah I, mean- I know it's your
1: podcast but I'm so curious when you're working with your different clients and even when you're interviewing guests on your podcast mm-hmm. have you had an answer to that question that you've gone oh god I didn't I didn't think about it that way or has everything that you've heard you've been able to link up and sort of see
0: yeah I suppose it's a like, great question I've got my own views and I'm probably I, I don't know if it's my inner coach coming out but I can mm. accept everyone's viewpoint on, on perception of everything Um. so what's fascinated me is having known most of the guests is some of their answers have surprised me based on how I've known an individual because I've that's maybe the bit that's thrown me. So I've thought someone would quite openly embrace change, but actually they've been a bit apprehensive about it. But yeah. no one's answers. I've really thought, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Or I think the thing that's take that, that I probably find was like the range. And it doesn't matter, you know, the gender or age or profession, like everyone deals with it in a very unique way. So yeah, nothing's caught me off guard, but I just find it interesting maybe... I wrongly assumed that someone would maybe be more open to change than they maybe are. Interesting, Um, but I think everyone deep down that I've spoken to, in a way, knows that it's the fuel. You know, the end goal is joy and happiness, which I talk about all the time, and living your best life. I think I think there's an acknowledgement from everyone that change is the catalyst or the driver to make some of that happen.
2: Yeah. but that doesn't
0: always mean that it is easy or enjoyable for people so that's probably my kind of overarching um you know if I have to go back and listen to all the guests answers again <laughs> I think that's what I would what I would conclude from it so yeah change is powerful and that's probably yeah. why um this is a bit of a sidebar but like when I was figuring out the business and what I wanted to do and how I want to help people and I said to my own coach oh, I'm going to be a change coach and she was like all coaches help people create change and I was like yeah I get that but because I want to do it in a certain way that helps people embrace it in a safe way in an enjoyable way um but yeah I just I just can't get enough of change so I'm <laughs> I'm quite open and quite enjoying it Um We've right quite back literally
1: built a career out of change so hats <laughs> off to you Nick amazing
0: thanks right back to you so PT right you told us like why or how rather you got into it <laughs> But what's the I suppose from where you are now? Cause I know you're you've maybe had different, uh what would I call it? Uh, different iterations of the of the business and life as a as a, I suppose an entrepreneur. We keep doing air quotes, and no one can see <laughs> an audio podcast. Um, but life as an entrepreneur, what what is what is it about the line of work now that you're excited about, and and what's the goal? It's funny.
1: It's a question that I ask myself every morning and I'm still never comfortable with the answer. So my end goal, I think, and I say, I think in big capital letters is I think I want to own my own facility. And on one side of that, which we'll touch on later on is definitely just a silly ego thing of proving to my mum that I have a real job and brick Mm -hmm. and mortar seems to be the best way of proving that. So that's my sort of like shallow slash deep way in a more sort of truer sense is so I, I work mostly one-to-one and I do some small group sessions, but either way I try my best for all of the people I work with to meet each other, either at social events, activities, or just in the gym so that mm-hmm. it's not just between me and them. They have a, their own community in the gym that, that they firmly attach to, you know, so it makes their experience just a whole lot better. And I feel as though if I had my own space I could help nurture those interactions and build a better community um and I'm honest I'll honestly say I've got I work out of pure gym and I have nothing against pure gym at the moment I think their model for what they do they try and be everything for everyone and I think if you're happy with that it is brilliant the thing that I don't like is the people I love working with I probably very similar to you in your coaching I'm assuming the better you know someone the better you can coach them <laughs> so the best. The way for me to become the best coach i can be is number one know my stuff so read textbooks read articles just go on coaching courses become a better coach and then the other side is know the person i'm working with as best as i possibly can and i think a lot of coaches in the industry especially beginner pts they focus so much on reading books listening to podcasts learning about the the like physical aspect of training anatomy movements stupid functional movement screens and they forget that in front of them is a human being that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what is it is it like four an hour is four percent of your day or something like that Mm, terrible at math so please correct me if i'm wrong but it's that whole point of in a week those two or three hours that they spend with you or even on their own in the gym are fairly insignificant in the long term and if you can't see that person around that gym shaped body then you're going to fail as a coach because you don't understand them so this long-winded way of saying is I feel as though if I had my own facility, I could better connect with members, better get to know them, better get to know each other and just provide a better service. Um, And then for me, I just love that. Like, you know, the, is it the TV show Cheers? But it's like the bar where everyone knows your name.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: If, if a gym or people's third space is like that, it sort of, it really gives you the opportunity to just leave your baggage at the door for that one or two hours that you're in training. You know, you can just effectively meditate through lifting weights. And I'm sure if there's anyone listening to this that currently doesn't go to the gym or isn't ready to, or just doesn't enjoy it, then this is going to seem like madness to them. And on the other hand, there's going to be people listening to this that take themselves off and run 10K and like get in their own mind and just be free. But if you find something that you can focus on so intently, which for me is lifting weights, then it just literally frees your mind. And I'm shocking at meditating. I'd love to get better at it, but things just come into my mind and I I focus on them and I can't just accept them and go with the thought and and I'm not good enough at that yet. But for me, I found my own meditation that comes from just lifting weights or running or doing some activity that I'm fully present in. And then the rest of my sort of like brain nonsense just shuts off. Mm. And yeah, I just want other people to be able to experience that.
0: Mm, nice. That's so cool. I think the meditations, I'll come back to some of your other points, but the meditation's an interesting one because I and I speak to clients about um just finding some of that inner peace or calm or moments of silence. And then um, I often use the gym as an analogy because I think people think that they sit down to meditate and they need to sit like a Buddha cross-legged with their fingers and, you know, sit for 90 minutes in silence and not think about anything. And that can be further from the truth. It's a bit like you just start and you get better. It's like training in the gym. Um, but it also doesn't need to be sat cross-legged. It could be a walk in nature. It could be like, say, out running or in the gym. It's painting or writing. It's doing something yeah. where. your... Um, you find your own groove with it and I and I love that it comes back to what you were saying about really truly getting to know a person and that that speaks a uh, speaks to me massively because that's what all my coaching is about it's so unique and person-centered and I think um if you want the best of an experience whether it's working with a coach or a personal trainer yeah. really how the extra stuff that that person's supporting you with fits into your life so it can't be a know and I'm sure you see people in the industry like I do um lots of cookie cutter you know we'll just take a program and we'll share it with these eight people but actually those eight people are leading very different lives with very different motivations and reasons why they want to work out or change their life or whatever it might be so yeah that is music to my ears about that person centered approach I had a question about a follow-up um the building the community why is the community bit so important to you
1: I think partly because I see it gets better results for people and I see it helps people enjoy their lives more. So Mm -hmm. better results and a better life mean happier people and happier people make happier people, right? If you're in a really great mood and you phone one of your mates, the chances are you can pass that mood on. Um, And the same goes if you're in a, a shocking mood. That unfortunately translates as well. And that's not me saying everyone slap on a big wide smile and pretend you're everything you're not all of the time. But it does mean if you are generally feeling good, you can try and pass that on. So, I think that positive, like vibe across the community is really important to me, and having a tight knit community obviously helps that spread faster. The other reason is, so I'm 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 working well. I'm working on myself, right? Then I say that in in kind of like. An ironic way, yeah, Yeah. but an also very true way. But my coach at the moment, she is helping me sort of realize that Try. I have a shocking memory. It's weird. I can't really remember a lot from my childhood. And I'm quite privileged. I had like my mom and dad are still together. They're wonderful human beings. They've always done what's best for me. Um, And I've never really sort of like, I've never had any major struggles growing up. Um, I've been really fortunate. And I try and look back. But I also went to school 60 miles away from home so school was a lot of my sort of like identity and when I came home I played a lot of sports so I didn't really have any time to um be on my own really I think if that's the right word okay and then when I went to uni I figured I could join all of these sports I could I joined choirs I joined cheese tasting like literally anything and obviously you're a student so some of it's free cheese and wine right no denying that but all these sports they were like it was an opportunity to see how people engaged in communities mm. and i've always been a stupidly curious human so i'll always try and figure out why this works and i think i sort of came up with a little formula and in student clubs right it's usually run by 18 19 year olds running things and some people are incredibly well developed and have a strong leadership head on their shoulders I didn't at the time right as an 18 year old i was probably the equivalent of a regular 15 year old nowadays just naive and silly and still am obviously but pretend i hide it a bit more now and what i realized was the best clubs and the communities that i engaged in the most they had leaders at the top that tried to make their communities as inclusive as possible Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and to me as a member looking in that was it looked accidental like there was always socials to go on there was always different types of socials. so if you were really rowdy you could go out if you were really quiet you could have a nice movie night um, and everything in between and I look back now and the two of us have both worked in sport for a little while and I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to see parallels back in in your student days is I'm not sure if those students at the top tried to do that or if it was just inherent in them that they loved a the community and they built it around what they liked mm-hmm. but just seeing that that small bit of structure of like the general premise of try and look after as many people as you can put on something that's going to engage a different type of person and help those people naturally meet each other in an environment that's that's set up to meet each other because i think a lot of us go about our days now especially if you are an entrepreneur or you work from home or you don't see that many people in an office it's quite hard to be in environments that forge deeper relationships and a good community provides an opportunity for that
0: Mm, yeah yeah nice god that got deep really quickly didn't it it did sorry (laughs) (laughs) no I love it the and I think you're right I think as an adult I think students are still in that camp where everyone's in the same boat you're in a new environment you've maybe moved city so it's easier quote unquote to then go and meet New, meet new people and make new friends, but as an adult, yeah, it gets so much harder, doesn't it, to mm. go and meet new, you know, to build connection out with your uh, kind of um your close communities that are all you know your work, your family, your initial friendship group, um, and there is so many benefits, and what we I mean, it's one of the basic human needs is human connection, but I think we saw that during all the lockdowns when it was taken away from yeah. people, the negative impact it had. So I think I think opportunities where And also, not just build communities, but build communities of like-minded people, all with Mm. kind of a similar aspiration. You know, everyone will have different goals. I would assume that we'd go to a gym, but they're all striving for something, and that supportive uh, kind of cheerleader mentality of um other people tuning on. I find that a lot with clients I work with. People don't celebrate themselves enough in terms of what uh, their own wins or their own successes. So if you're in a community where other people are doing that you know, A, and I encourage you to do it, but B, you're getting a bit of an uplift and a bit of added joy and happiness. Um, yeah. So yeah, love that. I've got so many things I could follow up on. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we'll, it'll be like a three-year podcast if I don't crack on. Um Let me
1: let me ask you a question, Nick, because you mentioned this on a previous podcast. Right. And I think you mentioned it's a very British thing to sort of like dim our own light to say, how are you? And you say, like I'm all right. Um yeah. And I think you touched on an amazing point there that said when you're in a community, you don't necessarily sing about yourself. You never celebrate your own achievements. You celebrate someone else's and then that passes on. And then eventually it comes around to you. And I don't want anyone to think I'll start a community because then someone can pat you on the back. But it almost feels as though it gives people a recognition without the need for them to stand up and go, oh, look at me. I've done this cool thing because I think. I don't I struggle with this personally because I try I try and not come across as a dick, basically, is a, a general rule. But yeah. obviously sometimes I fail. And I react really well to sort of like validation. If someone says, oh, Paddy, great job, then I sort of like, I flutter inside and I light up a little bit. And I think a lot of people do too, but don't want to stick their hand up and say, please, please give me this praise, especially if you don't have a formal boss. And so what you said there really hit home for me is like when you're in a community, someone else does that and you do that, you get the opportunity to do that for someone else. And I think that is, do you find that in your coaching group that people celebrate wins and, and tag each other in?
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think I think you're right around, and I maybe alluded to it before about the, I suppose the Britishness thing about our culture is that we think there's a very, or I, my interpretation or my perception is that there's a very thin line between confidence and arrogance, and mm. I think too many people are afraid that they're too close to the line or that they're over the line, but actually, what I've experienced and I say this to lots of people is that. They're probably so far away from the line that they can dial up that confidence dial <laughs> much more than they think before they'd ever come across as a dick or being really ego-driven or being arrogant. Um, and actually, why not celebrate ourselves? Do you know, like, so it's starting to starting to understand like, where the yeah. blocks and barriers are for our, our, ourselves individually. And in the meantime, whilst we're all doing that and doing the work on ourselves, then championing and cheering other folk on so I probably play that role as a coach with my client my one-to-one clients and helping them acknowledge their own successes and wins um and I am trialing at the moment a new uh, membership opportunity that will launch early next year or to start early next year but I've been trialing it with a couple of people and seeing them cheer each other on and acknowledge we had a call last night um, someone shared their win from the last month and one of the other girls unmuted themselves to say, that is amazing, like, well yeah. done. And she'd started out by saying, oh, I did this really little small thing this month. And actually, we always downplay the stuff that we've done. But actually, it was a huge thing. She'd never done it before and she got out of her comfort zone. So sometimes we we need that, whether it's validation from others or for others to give us permission to cheat ourselves on. Do you know, like yes. it's... Um, uh, and again, all of this is stuff that we're just overthinking in our own mind all the time. But yeah, I think it, I think the British thing is that kind of um, confidence arrogance spectrum, and I think a lot of people misjudge where they're where they are. Yeah, and actually, they they, they could be dialing it up more without coming across arrogant i think
1: and hey another great thing about being british is if you get it too far wrong and you go up your own arse your best mates are there to slap you back down again aren't they like they're never going to let you get away with it so i don't feel as though you could ever go too far from it
0: yeah that's fair that's fair the other thing i was going to before we move on was just when you were saying about um i suppose the role you played in that like bringing community together and you were saying about your clients and introducing them to each other and I have to uh, acknowledge your party hosting skills Paddy,
2: because
0: <laughs> I got a call from Paddy well, what, about a month ago yeah say, I'm hosting a what were we calling it like a social networking event Is that fair? That sounds
1: about right yeah. we didn't have a name for it basically
0: yeah but I love it it was brilliant and it was just like you say people that are in your life that didn't necessarily know everyone like everyone else bringing them all together and and meeting new people and I know you'd picked up the idea from a book, and I'd spoken to the author, and I'd spoken to someone else that had done it. Um, but I just think things like that where we're utilising our time to then connect with other people and find out. Like I met some really fascinating humans who yeah. I've been caught up with. Um, we did all have name tags, which reminded me a little bit of Ross Geller from Friends. <laughs> um, but big fun. But that is also, a, and I don't know if anyone's ever said this to you, Paddy, but I think that's one of your, um like strong skill sets of being able to host and and like almost glue people together which is which is a skill in itself it's not um i wouldn't take that for granted i don't think many folk would be as comfortable and confident and as skillful as you doing it so fair play so oh, that's you're very
1: kind thank you. you
0: you're living what your aspiration is it is already it's just um then growing it from where you're at so fair play well done right nice so we'll um, i knew we would just get on and have a good chat about stuff but i am going to get but i have prepped some questions
1: You've done, i know you have yeah
0: um so well i'm just reading the next one actually because i've thrown me off because i was getting so into, into the flow of the chat
1: i feel um, as though you just coached me a little bit there i was enjoying that keep going <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've written other notes so we'll have a chat offline all right thank you um so one of the other things about um, like the clients that you're working with so if when you're working with either clients or maybe having a conversation with a potential client what would you see as being like the biggest barriers that folk have to working out coming into a gym environment like what what are people's concerns with that
1: oh god I love this where to start though so where to start number one acknowledge it's bloody difficult right if you are if you've never done something before doing that thing is going to be tough okay so a lot of time that pre-contemplation phase literally like figuring out your why which I'm sure you've talked about before but really nailing down that why and then that why helps you sort of figure out what's next so if you take a common example of someone says I want to be fitter and then we go okay why And then you go a little bit deeper and say you get three, four layers deep and someone realizes, actually, I don't have that much confidence in myself now because my body doesn't represent the person that I want to be. And I feel a little bit uncomfortable in it. And so then, okay, so then you sort of work out, I want to do a little bit of work on my body. Mm -hmm. And then it sends you down the next question pathway, which goes, okay, how can I improve this? So after a little bit of research, talking to friends, using our old Google, you might see, okay, I'm going to try and um, move a little bit more. And one way of doing that is I'm going to try and lift some weights. And then of course, that step alone is terrifying. And that step of getting to I should lift weights can take people months and years. Mm. So first of all, if you are listening and you're in that stage, it's perfectly normal. Please don't beat yourself up. And I have been in the gym. I'm 27, probably since I was about 15 and every time i take a break sometimes i get nervous going back in and that's someone that's trained for over over 10 years right so so don't worry if you get to that stage and you're trying to figure out what to do then the best research is always a nice place to start and i presume if you're listening to a podcast you quite enjoy research so just google gyms near me equipment near me boot camps near me and you can start putting a plan together and go that is feasible to get to because I would love to join some of the gyms over in the south coast of America because they've got gorgeous weather, lovely coaches and outdoor hot tubs. Who doesn't want to go? But is it feasible for me who lives in Edinburgh to go to the south coast of America twice a week? Probably not. So aim a bit more local. What's possible? And then you get to the fun part. Then you go, okay, I've narrowed down the mode of exercise that I sort of think I might give a try. And then you go, I think I've got a plan of how I can do this. And then it's the hardest step of all. Then you've got to go. Mm. Then you've got to either meet someone or put yourself in an environment that you are not confident in, which is bloody terrifying. Mm. And this isn't meant to be a plug for myself, but take it as one if you want it to be. Is That is why coaches exist, my friend. That is why, Nick, this is why you exist. This is why I exist. And it's because there are people like us who get excited at the prospect that we can help someone with that journey so my first and easiest way of someone starting is to go just work with a coach for like most people offer free first sessions so you can be that person at the gym that i work in there's 12 pts right you could have 12 free sessions just go around the pts and there you go that's your first like <laughs> month of training sorted like Which, uh, no one would mind <laughs> yeah. right but if a coach is available i would highly recommend just having a go at that the second option if coaching is a no-go is just exposure sort of builds strength and I don't mean that physically like you're not going to walk through the gym doors and be able to squat your body weight unless you've got incredible genetics and if you do let me know please mm-hmm. I'll put you into some Olympic sport but the first few times you go and do anything are going to be scary so, so take Pure Gym for example anyone that's listening to this that knows Pure Gym you got those big pods as you go in that feel like they're going to yeah. suck you up yeah weird right
0: hate them yeah
1: <laughs> if you haven't been to a pure gym think about the things that they have in banks and supermarkets that suck up the money and like <sighs> into the atmosphere that's what it feels like it's happening to you when you go in the gym it's not it's just a door that rotates but just going in and finding the least intimidating bit of kit so for most people that's a treadmill because they have one button that says go and one button that says stop so the worst thing that happens is you don't know how to use it and you figure, oh, I'll press this button and, and then you know how to use it. Okay. If you can do that four or five times, then going to the gym itself will not be that scary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you've broken the first hurdle. Then you might get to the next stage where you go, okay, I'm in the gym now. It's not too bad going in, but I'm just walking on a treadmill. I could do this outside. Why am I here? Excellent point. That is when you can tactically look around the gym when you're on your wee treadmill everyone's got a favorite treadmill so when you're on your space have a look around the gym see what people are doing if you see people and you're like oh that looks quite cool again if you don't feel like talking to people get your phone out go what exercise is that and chances are most things are either some form of squat some form of deadlift some form of press or some form of pull so start there and hopefully you'll be able to figure out one move that you like and again Do that one move until you feel like, ah, that's okay. I can maybe do that until a bit of confidence grows. Then you go, right, I'm ready for another move. Mm. If you listen to this and you're a gym goer, then that's going to seem like, yeah, that's really trivial, Paddy, but tell me something I don't know. If that's you, I'm sorry, I'm going to harp on it again. Ask a friend, ask a coach, ask your next door neighbor that goes to the gym. If you can just go with them for one session. And then in 20 minutes or whatever, you will learn all of that and you can skip all of those stages. But then again, it does require being brave and it does require having a conversation with another human being and opening up to them and letting them know, shit, I'm actually a bit nervous about this and um, sort of like, oh, sorry, sorry for troubling you with my existence, but please may you help me with this. Because I still feel like that when Nicola, like you're someone that I look up to and has helped me from like seven years, right? And I, if, if I ask you for something, I'm sort of like, oh my God, sorry, I'm bothering you on the phone. It's natural, right? And you, I see you're nodding here. You love helping people. Most other people get a kick out of helping other people. So God, that was a really long winded way of saying there will be someone there that is dying to help you. So please figure out who they are and let them
0: yeah paddy there's so much wisdom and i know like if folk are, we speak about, a lot about wellness on this podcast because i believe that optimizing your holistic wellness is really important for creating change um but actually if people aren't into their fitness i mean what you just shared is golden but there's so many parallels about doing anything in life that you've yeah. never done before so figuring out why you want to do it figuring out what's next how do you improve it what's possible from where you are from your starting point what's the possible next step ask for help and expose yourself to stuff like if there are rules of how to live your life you know or challenge yourself out your comfort zone like absolute golden i would absolutely agree about the pure gym pot that like
2: <laughs>
0: because i and i was like i'm like you i've um I am a gym goer I've worked with PTs I understand that I've always been active and I took a big break from the gym and just went back I shared this on one of the other episodes went back fairly recently a couple of months ago and really daunting really like the mm. doors even for me going in daunting I stupidly the first time I went didn't take my glasses and um I don't need them <laughs> to see but long distance is a challenge so I was walking around like I don't even know where the changing rooms are don't know where the studio is like I don't know anything so the next time I went back I took my glasses which definitely helps um so go prepared is the other thing um but I just started going to classes and now I, yeah. I've been a couple of months and now I know a lot of the staff like uh, even not necessarily by name but you recognize spaces and you start to say oh morning hi how mm. are you you know comes back to that community point that you mentioned at the at the you know at the beginning like how important community is just to feel like people acknowledge that you're there or they see you working or do you know and everyone is like like you say in that sort of environment there to help so um yeah I love it the the next bit I was going to get on to because I think this is a real big thing I suppose in it again in any area of life where you want to make a change or you want to improve yourself or do something you've not done before but you definitely hear a lot in the fitness industry is is this myth around motivation Mm. and like I'll start when I'm motivated or like, you know, I'll get motivated in the new year and I'll (laughs) do the thing that I've been saying I want to do for ages. Um, I say myth, that's probably my perception, but how do you feel about motivation? What's your take on it?
1: I think it can be useful. And then I've got a really harsh answer that I feel will turn me into a villain, but I'll go for it. Because I thought about this the other day and I had a conversation with a few of the other PTs about this. And one of the PTs I work with, he's going through a bit of trouble at the moment and uh, he's had a kidney infection and it's basically led to um, a bit of kidney damage. Okay. And he's unable to train at the moment. Mm
2: -hmm. And we
1: had this conversation of how I was there sort of moping around the staff room a wee bit going, oh, I've got to train today because it's been four or five days and I should probably do something to feel good about myself and train. And he said, oh God, I'd I'd give anything to train again. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that's him just after like, there are people in much worse situations than ourselves that do not have the opportunity to do it. Mm. So a way that works for me, which is a little bit sadistic, I think, is to think, right, I've got this body that I should be able to use. And someone else does not have the opportunity to, to do what I could do. So don't waste it. And that I think I think all of this comes down to knowing who you are and again links back to coaching of getting to know yourself better but I respond really well to that almost like I don't want to waste an opportunity and I'm a massive people pleaser and if I thought that there was someone that um, if I thought there was someone less able than me that had the opportunity like I work in a gym right it's not hard for me to squeeze in a session and again this is all through the lens of lifting weights I appreciate there's a million and one other modes of exercise but we're going down that route so I felt really sort of like silly for complaining about going and that motivated me to do that one session and then if you think about that one session along a timeline that kept my habit going and then we're good. So that's sort of like if you know yourself and you're that type of person that either doesn't want to let people down or um, I call it beating yourself up thinking because obviously if you do too much of that then you can end up not enjoying who you are and being quite mean to yourself and if you're worried you're going down that route then please that is not the route for you um the other way of doing it if you're kinder to yourself you said it and I could not sum it up better Nicole. it was wonderful when you said we look for this motivation that's going to start but we start and then the motivation comes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a great example in my non-gym life which is I'd like to write more Mm. I think writing helps people shape their ideas better it helps people think better and helps people feel better and I want all of those outcomes so I would like to write more mm-hmm. however I find writing difficult I find it really hard to sit down with my thoughts and and write something that's useful for someone else to read or even for myself to read later but what I've done to hack that writing habit is every monday night three friends and I we sit down in a pub and for 2 hours we write First 20 minutes is sort of like, hello, how are you? How's your week been, sort of thing? And then it's like, boom, everything away, pen and paper comes out, and we write. And it is so enjoyable. I do not have to be motivated because I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, the biggest hack, if you are the type of person that likes the softly, softly approach, which a part of me is that, is find something you enjoy or at least that you hate the least. So if you can make it fun, if you can make it entertaining, if you can hack it. So I love spending time with my friends. So obviously get to see them. And I feel great at the end. And now hopefully I'll still be writing six months from now, but I don't find that I need motivation to leave on a Monday night because it's exciting.
2: Mm.
1: That is probably the two clearest examples that come to my mind. But do you have any more that you can share? Because you'll be much better at this than I am.
0: No, I I, I mean, that's brilliant where you've taken that i think um the thing when i think of motivation the first thing that comes to mind is these you know and i'm doing air quotes again but the old (laughs) motivational videos you get on youtube that you know you watch that and suddenly you're pumped up and inspired to go and do something which i i feel is quite a lot of bullshit like i don't don't, for some people if that gets you going great crack on keep watching the videos but i think for most of us that's not enough to encourage us to get up and go and do the thing that we want to do. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to the point about the gym stuff, but I think where I was going with what you were saying was around that, and I talk about it all the time, the difference between building a habit and having the right inca- accountability. And actually when I think about, about motivation, it's this like, it's tra- it's changing the narrative from right. I'm waiting for the motivation to get going, to be like, right, I'm going to acknowledge, like everything you said before, when I'm going to do something I've never done before, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And actually, all I need to do is find a little bit of courage to take that first step, and the confidence will come. We, it's like we expect to be good at stuff, and then because we're not, we're not inclined to start. But we're never mm-hmm. going to get good at the thing until we actually get into it and start yes. doing it. So I do love that phrase, like um, courage before confidence. Like having the courage to go and do something and be crap at something. We're not very good, I don't think, as humans, at being okay with not being good at stuff. Yeah. Um. And I, I think particularly as we start getting older, uh, because we've maybe just not experienced that for a long time. When we're kids and when we're kind of growing up, we're all we're exposed to new stuff all the time. I've got one client who, um, was wanting to learn a new a musical instrument. Okay but he couldn't remember the last time he'd learned something completely from scratch. You know, because in your career, you kind of evolve and you learn skills as you go, or you maybe still do the same hobbies you've done for two or three decades. Or do you know what I mean? So yeah. exposing yourself to that new thing is, yeah, you can't play that down. It can be really daunting. And then I suppose having... if,
1: if you play that even further, I'm just thinking out loud here, but like you said, we're so used to, we hate being crap at stuff. We hate it. But if you learn that instrument and just put in two to five hours, it sort of makes it less terrifying and then it's okay. And then hopefully the next time there's an experience to do something and be crap at it, it's not as scary. And perhaps Mm -hmm. building up, starting with an instrument that say you are musically inclined and you're like, oh, I'll give this a go. The same with learning a language, playing a sport, introducing yourself to new people. They're all semi-uncomfortable situations. And depending on your personality, one of those is going to be way worse than the others mm. so just almost like discipline I know a lot of people like there's a lot of talk at the moment that's like oh cold showers are amazing and it's like what <laughs> you looked at are you doing cold showers
0: I'll we'll keep going I'll come I'll do one All just, right. I
1: can't I'm too soft for them I'll admit it I love warm water that's my thing but the power of them, I, I I can completely agree with, get yourself out of your comfort zone with something that doesn't require that much thought, but just is quite tough to do. And then the friends that I know, and maybe yourself, the people that do cold showers, they find, oh, it's actually okay, like being uncomfortable for the rest of the day. And it's like, have you ever heard that experiment where people say for a confidence thing, like everything you buy for the next week, just ask for 10% off.
0: Mm, i think i have heard this yeah keep going and it, it's not
1: about trying to get a discount although it would be great to save yourself some money
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: just putting yourself out there and saying oh i'm in starbucks can i get 10 percent off please And most of the time they'll say no, but it's fine. You've asked your question. You've put yourself out there. You've grown that confidence muscle to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. And if that is asking for 10% off, or if that is getting into a cold shower, or if that is doing a brutal workout, or if that is writing, whatever you are, whatever you do, whatever you are crap at, but you intentionally try and improve, helps improve the next thing. And then the next thing, and then you have this little like positive tornado in your life where you do one thing and you're like, oh God, this has actually helped me do another thing. And you're like, oh my God, this has helped me do another thing. And Before you know it, that magical contentment, fulfillment, whatever we are all seeking to achieve seems a little bit closer.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. The I think with a lot of things, when we think we're crap at something, it's almost because we set the expectation and the bar too high for what we mm. should be able to then do. And I had this very conversation the other night with friends and it was about cold showers was it (laughs) Uh, so I set the expectation or the the challenge on myself to be like right every my whole Instagram feed is filled with people with doing cold water exposure and I've done it before I've done cold shower stuff like I am a bit timid about it because I feel the cold and I told a friend she was like are you crazy she was like you hate the cold i'm cold all the time i've got rain syndrome i've got poor circulation i'm not one for being in the cold i'm, I'm wearing a thermal as we speak <laughs> um she was like why are you doing that and, I, and part and it comes back to sometimes the why like why are we doing stuff in the first place and part of me checked in and was like partly because everyone else is going on about it and i feel like i mm. should maybe give it a bash um and then it was last it was like last week so i was a couple of weeks in and i was timidly doing a bit of cold water exposure um <laughs> I couldn't do full or hit under the actual shower quite yet mm. and it was like late at night one evening I was like I've not had a shower uh, can I be bothered and the only reason that I was going to get in the shower was to do this cold water thing which I don't enjoy anyway and it wasn't pleasant I was like I'm only putting this expectation on myself nothing else it's not going to affect anyone else it's the expectation i've set myself which actually was becoming a negative thing because i was in that state of dread so actually i just thought i'm not going to do it Mm. so i just broke the challenge so i think it's thinking about yeah why are we doing something in the first place and then knowing like you say knowing yourself well enough to know what's going to spur me on to do more stuff and what at times or when at times sorry is it okay to step back from stuff it's it's very nuanced I think and being able to like yeah know yourself well enough I Um, feel as though
1: that's such a recurring theme in our conversation today is everything it's sort of like a meta skill isn't it if you i over lockdown I did this Coursera course by Barbara Oakley called learning how to learn have you ever done it
2: no but
1: it's unreal well I'll save everyone a ton of time the general premise is know yourself and learn your learning style and obviously there's a lot of commonalities among learning styles and one of the main ones is sort of like test yourself so you can't just passively read something and hope you'll remember it you've got to I won't go into that but the general premise is all advice is great advice to the right type of person mm. but what resonates with you does not resonate with me and vice versa mm. and what were you going to say there it looks like a light bulb moment
0: yeah I was going to add in and at the right time yeah so and again this is where it comes like knowing yourself really deeply knows that you know um it might be to do with a different season it might be to do with where you are in your month or you know particularly as a woman like what's right Mm -hmm. to lean into and what's right to step back like surrender to you know like because it is and that that is i mean i love that you said that because that is why i create the refreshing change i've got so fed up of generic advice spilling out to people and people feeling like they have to take it on board and embody it and do it in their life. Whereas yeah, sometimes it's just not the right stuff. People keep going on to me. The the classic that I used to hear for years and years and years is miracle morning. You know, you'd be getting up at five, half five in the morning. If you want to be successful. Oh my God. I hate that. I absolutely hate (laughs) it. And if people are out there and it works for them. Great. If you're an early morning person, brilliant. If you've got kids that you want to get up and, you know, have a peaceful Mm -hmm. hour before the kids are up. If you're out at work at 9am, I've got none of that stuff. I don't need to get up at half five. Yeah. But almost because of some of this generic advice, people then feel either overwhelmed that they should be doing stuff that they don't necessarily feel aligned to, but also then when they don't do it, they feel shame and guilt that they're not worthy or they're not enough or they're not good enough because they've not fulfilled this high expectation to do something that they don't want to do in the first place. What <sighs> blows my mind? Yeah. Um, The one thing I was gonna ask you about the writing was because I, I heard you say, like, or put an expectation out there about the writing because he said something about useful for someone else to read. Mm. So sometimes we can do, we want to do something and sometimes it's okay to do it purely for the art of doing that thing, with no expectation of who's going to read it, what it's even going to say, whether it even makes sense, whether I read it back in the future or not. But sometimes just the art of doing that thing—that's
1: well, that's an amazing pickup, and that's why you're a good coach because I didn't even realize I said that, and mm-hmm. and it makes total sense. I've I've tried to write multiple times, and I've never like I've 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 always been scared to be shy at it. So I've always thought it has to be useful for someone. And that's my area of life. I wonder what everyone else's is. And yeah, that's probably why I haven't stuck to it. And I probably, thanks for pulling me up on that because I didn't realize that. And actually on a Monday when I write now, I'm like, if this goes nowhere, I'm happy with it because it's just, it's writing. That's, those are the rules. Put words on paper. Mm-hmm. That's it.
0: Yeah. It's lower, like, exactly like say it's lowering the bar way down. And whether that's going in the gym for the first time, whether that's starting a new hobby, doing something you've never done before, lower the bar massively. And sometimes the bar, you know, it's okay for certain things in your life for the bar to stay pretty low. Yeah. You know, you might learn as you go and and uh, adapt and navigate, and it might change. The reason why you do it six months from now might be completely different to the reason you started, and that's cool. That's okay. But it was a bit like when I did the started the podcast. The podcast came from. I was having lots of catch-up calls with amazing people and we were having really quality conversations. And I was like, there's going to be some wisdom in here that's, that's going to be useful for people. Yeah. And that was like a, almost a secondary benefit. If no one ever listened to the podcast, have I had a blast recording them with great people? Absolutely. It's an added bonus that people listen to it, enjoy it and and share good feedback. Like, I love that. that. That fills me up. But that wasn't the that wasn't what the why I why I did it. If that
1: makes yeah. sense. And um, look at your wee success story. Two seasons in and going strong, so wow. it's working.
0: Here we go. Here we go. But I do think go. that it's like yeah, lowering the bar, mm. being kind to ourselves. when you know, if you think about, uh, uh, there's two things. Um, one, imagine yourself as a child. You know, like mm. when you're learning to tie your shoes or you're learning to walk like you don't suddenly be a dick to the child but you need to learn quicker like how do you not know that already <laughs> like
2: yeah you,
0: do you know what i mean there's a nurturing like right there's a bit of trial and error right you've fallen down again step back up do you know like i'll hold your hand you know all of that yes and the other analogy i've got which might resonate with people is if your best friend told you they wanted to start a new skill or a new hobby and they would never done it before what would be your words of wisdom or encouragement to them like what how would you help them set themselves up probably not the way you talk to yourself about it yeah you know we're so self critical so yeah i love it and the last thing on that was the environment being in the pub and i love what you said about find the thing you enjoy and i do think that's really important with exercise if you're going from a i don't really move my body at all to i want to start stop following what everyone's telling you to do and go and find something you love because you're far more likely to keep at it. Yeah. Um but the environment, you know, thinking about how can you and again it's one of the, the pillars of the refresh and change framework, like how do you set up the correct environment for you to succeed? And you also uh, caveat that with you define your own success. Do you yes. know success is defined by what you want to get out of it, not what other people expect. <laughs> Um, sorry, and I feel like I've gone off off full flow. Like, let's bring it back. So, if we've been chatting about motivation, or the myth of motivation, um, what keeps you motivated, Paddy? Whether it's the gym, in business, in life, are there any parallels between the three, or just dive into that for a second? What
1: What keeps you? I motivated? think so. Okay. I think it's having having some sort of idea of why I do what I do, and for me, my main drivers are. Um, some positive and some negative. And I think I'm okay with having some negative. And the positive ones for me is I want to have some positive impact on someone's life. And hopefully many people's lives. And so the more people I work with and the better I can coach, the more that impact is. So that makes me tick. The second reason is the the better I job at do sorry, words, the better I am as a coach and the better the job that I do then the better my services okay and then my service can grow and then I can eventually move to have a gym have a facility grow that community bring in other coaches and so that that like drive I can clearly see if I work hard hopefully that I'm on this right path and then of course with that comes a bit more freedom because you can perhaps hire in some coaches and I don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to coach sessions anymore. And there can be other coaches that we help develop to build in that. So that's, that's my own like personal freedom, more time with my wonderful, better half. Um, What works really well in our relationship is her job is quite scripted in terms of set hours. I'm self-employed. So a really big driver for me is having that freedom to be able to take times off during the day when she's free so we can spend time together sort of thing. So the better I am at my job, then the more I can sort of like control my hours sort of thing. On the negative side, there are, yeah, there's, everyone's going to have people that aren't the biggest fans, right? And everyone's going to have some haters, shall we say. But part of this dark energy that drives me is if there's anyone that doesn't want to see me succeed, it's almost like, I want to do a big F you. I want to, I want to be happy and I want to help people. And if people aren't happy with that, then screw them sort of thing. And so there's a bit of dark energy that goes, oh, let's, let's make a success out of myself so that people can say, I can say, I told you so, which isn't a positive mindset to be in all the time. But if you have to get up at half four to do a 5 a.m. coaching session, it certainly helps. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I think just being surrounded by positive people, like one of the things you mentioned uh, about the parties I host before,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and for anyone listening, they are literally just, you invite Everyone has friends that don't like in slightly different groups that never get to meet each other. And I was like, I'm fed up of this. So I'm going to invite about a dozen people and hopefully they'll all get on. And we have little icebreakers and little name tags. And if anyone wants to host a party, let me know. I'd love to share what I know. Um, But there's also a great book by a guy called Nick Gray, which is called The Cocktail Party, How to Host a Cocktail Party or something like that. But if you surround yourself with passionate people, then that naturally wears off like we're an hour into this call and I'm quite amped up right now just because of how passionate you've got about coaching. And I'm sort of like, right, what can I do in my business to like try and save the world sort of thing. And if you have, if you have conversations like this daily or with friends and with family, then I feel as though you, you are the best person that you can be at that moment. And then you can do more. So an example of this in the gym, if you feel amazing, you might be able to lift a bit more therefore you can get better results because you're lifting more, right? And that all comes from like a positive mindset shift. Similarly, with our work, we're most productive when we're happy and fulfilled. So if you're happy and fulfilled, you do more work. And if the quality and quantity of your work is something that fills your cup, then you get more fulfilled. And again, that happiness tornado. So for me, a big hack that keeps me motivated is surrounding myself with positive and upbeat people that are passionate in fields of their own that their passion rubs off on me and I'm like oh god I yeah like even over over a zoom call your, your energy's coming through to me and I'm like right I need to do something tonight either like I don't know do a set of press-ups or write a blog and I'm not sure which um does that answer your question at all
0: yeah yeah it does I think it's finding a finding the way that works for you because like you just described about the positive and negative that uh, like I love that you shared that and that's that's what works for you it it, is encouraging people to go on that self-discovery that quest of what works for them um because when you know what works for you you can dial it up as and Mm. when you need to can't you so like you said you know chats with you know interesting chats with people so you know how do you then uh or you could, if you wanted, then manipulate your diary or your life to then be like, if I know I've got all these great calls with people, I'm going to do this thing after it, which is maybe I need my mood to be lifted. Or like you say, when the alarm goes off at half four or whatever, you've got that right, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to, you know, create the success that I want in my life. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's knowing what makes you tick, I suppose, Mm. as an individual. I've probably gone on my own journey with that because I used to be a work hard, work hard, work hard. Okay. And I like to think I do work hard, but not that that doesn't translate into work all the time and burn yourself out. So yeah. I'm I'm learning the um, the kind of flow between when my energy is good and I want to dive into work, and when my energy is not as great and I want to, you know, go and exercise or be out in nature or sleep or watch Netflix yes. and do all of that unapologetically without any. Shame and guilt that I should be doing other stuff at that time. um And sometimes, as an entrepreneur, that means that you're up till midnight doing editing a podcast or writing a blog <laughs> or doing a client plan or whatever. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's just the, especially as an entrepreneur, the kind of life you sign up for a little bit. But yeah, it's definitely what works for you.
1: So I heard this amazing thing. I was in Aberdeen over the weekend and I was learning lessons from a guy that's had a gym there since 2015. Mm-hmm. And Um, A few sort of like gym owners and aspiring gym owners got together to discuss what's working well and not working well for them at the moment. And Mike, the guy that owns the gym in Aberdeen, um, had a few amazing little snippets comparing fitness and business.
2: Mm.
1: And I feel as though anyone that's not interested in either fitness or business, I feel as though probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but anyway, you can just choose two areas of your life and find similarities. So his one was fitness and business. If you are quite good at your fitness... Just in a room full of PTs. He said, what we tell our clients, so move a little bit more, eat slightly higher quality foods and sleep a little bit more, recover better, right? Is the same thing for business. It's like, find a few things that work really well and then do them consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems, it seems almost too simplistic when there's people out there on social media selling you five grand programs to solve your biggest problem. But another great analogy was this roller coaster and it was we're going to go through highs and lows of life and if you live long enough then you go through the same roller coaster multiple times and especially when you go through those lows you become a little bit desensitized the first time you go through you're like oh my god this is terrifying and the second time you go through you're like hold on I've it's scary, but I've been through this before. I know it goes back up again. I'm not going to like hit the ground and smash the third, fourth, fifth, hundredth time that you go round, you realize, yeah, it's going to go up and it's going to go down and I'm going to be okay. And the ride's going to end. And then I get to go around again. And just linking back to what we said before, where we said, it's really tough being shit at something, but it's okay to do it. And I would argue it's a positive thing to do it. That's just laps on the roller coaster mm. and there's not just one universal roller coaster. We don't just go to Walton Towers. It's like millions of them across the world. It's like learning a language is a roller coaster, learning a sport, doing something in business, having a tough conversation with a friend is a roller coaster. And the more you do one, it helps you desensitize for the other. So the more you do one thing to challenge yourself, the better you can be in other aspects. And I'm not sure how that links to motivation. I hope it does.
0: Mm-hmm. suppose it's the it's like that um analogy of like the light at the end of the tunnel you know Mm. like even then when you're going through a tough time you know and whether that's in a workout or a tough bit in business or or in life in general it's known that the lights at the end of the tunnel and there's a great um a great video by simon sinek or cynic however you pronounce his last name um who i love i love all his chat he talks about the difference between positivity and optimism and i I, because i believe positivity can at times be quite toxic and we need to be Mm. careful of that he talks about it's unrealistic to be positive all the time that's where the toxic stuff comes in but optimism allows for shit days to happen but you can but there's still a light at the end of the tunnel yeah because this and this is what i'm finding now i've started diving into more stuff about psychology and trauma and how the brain works and all that i find it fascinating um, uh, and again it's a it's about being able to identify our own emotions and not suppress how we feel about stuff so when you said about desensitize like, I kind of get what you mean because it's that whole I've done this before I can get through it it's kind of like taking the learning from the last experience to know that you're going to be okay yes. this time that we're in the low but what I would encourage people to do is not to, to still be able to feel the emotion of it because actually the skill in the art is being able to identify manage and navigate our emotions Mm. rather than imagine that they're not there altogether so when we go through a shit time you know like a business call doesn't go out the way you thought it was going to be you get into an argument with your partner you have a shit session at the gym allow yourself to feel frustrated upset sad depressed anxious whatever those Mm. more negative emotions are it's okay to feel them but you keep riding the roller, you don't get off the roller coaster at that point. You keep riding yeah. the roller coaster. So you know you're going to then, you know, think of your coping mechanisms or your tools. Right? I'm going to talk to a friend. I'm going to have a bath tonight. I'm going to get out in nature. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to journal. I'm going to speak to my coach. Or Do you know, there's yeah. ways we can then manage those emotions. So I just wanted to pick that up. because I think sometimes if you think about desensitizing. It's like almost removing the emotion altogether, but I think yes. I fully, fully, wholeheartedly agree with the roller coaster of life. world and everything you know, when you look at cycles, whether it's with the economy or the housing market or lots of stuff that goes on in the world, political um, movements, there's there's always a bit of a up and down, up and down, up and down. Life's just like that. Um, so it's about strapping in for the ride, but being able to have the tools and techniques to help yourself get back up yeah. and to then manage the coming back down so yeah yeah but I do, I do and what's me.
1: fun about that and sorry for interrupting I just I want to say this in case there's anyone listening when you're on your way down you don't realize there's other people on the way up and just because if you're having a really shit day and one of your mates isn't like their usual self able to listen. And it might be because they've just had an amazing business deal to come through, or they've just proposed to their other half or something. And if you don't have that sort of like emotional match, it's really difficult to connect. And I found that frustrating when I've been in a really great mood and I've tried to phone a couple of my mates or they phone me and we've just not connected. And it's because I haven't been, I've been so wrapped up in what I've been doing that I haven't like realized, Oh, this person's going through a really shit time. And I've just brought, an unreasonable amount of energy to this when that was the wrong thing to do and this isn't to say like dull out your flame by any kind it's just to say if you feel as though you're misconnecting with people it's not because you're terrible with other humans it might just be because you're on your way up and they're on down or vice versa and it just means again linking back to knowing yourself if the more you can know yourself and realize where you are, the better you can connect with others. And then just like, if you have a great conversation, you can go, Hey, how are you feeling at the moment? And then someone say, like, do you know what? Pretty good. And then you can argue they're either on their way up or like above the line anyway.
2: Mm.
1: And linking this back to gym anxiety, because sorry, I know I'm hijacking this, but this is a topic that I bloody love. Sometimes there are people in the gym going for a big lift and usually it's big scary guys or big scary women too nowadays bloody strong people in my gym um they're like amped up they've got their headphones in they might be storming about they might be clapping their hands with chalk and they look bloody terrifying and I wouldn't go anywhere near them and yet it's because they're trying to get themselves into a state to do that lift if you see them walking around Tesco 20 minutes after they're very chill. they're very sedate they're probably thinking about what else is going on in their life and they're very probably more approachable and so if you are really anxious about going to the gym and you see someone lifting something don't worry that is just their temporary state to do that thing and then on the flip side of that if you're feeling really low all of a sudden for some reason that is your temporary state and you can come out of that um Mm -hmm. sorry i just wanted to say that
0: no i love that it's a great shout about the um I suppose it's yeah the judge judgment or awareness of others and and not I suppose that comparison not to allow that we don't know what's going on with someone else in any given moment, hmm. what you're saying about the p- people passing and not necessarily connecting it's there's this thing I don't know if you've come across it, about the emotional frequency scale Okay, so like- I haven't. We all vibrate. I mean, we're humans. We're all energy. We all vibrate. So there's a, um, you know, like shame and guilt are at the bottom, enlightenment and peace are at the top, and we move, we move up and down this scale. And sometimes it's, it's unrealistic. And again, it comes back. to I can't remember how we described it earlier, but think of what is possible now. You know, like if you're in a place of, um, shame and guilt, which is right at the bottom, to get to joy and love, maybe feels like a stretch. But how could we move? to anger or desire or fear, which is slightly further up the scale than mm. shame and guilt. So it is, um, you're absolutely right when, or be mindful about where other people are in terms of their energy um, and, and emotions and what's going on for them. It is, it's so, I find it so fascinating because humans are so complex in many respects. And then how, and then if you add on relationships on top of humans and you know, it gets very complicated very quickly um paddy we've covered so much ground which mm. i bloody loved i knew we would just get on and have a good chat about lots of things but say there were people who were listening and they've, they've heard everything we've got to say and they're thinking right I'm, I'm gonna get started with something maybe something new maybe they've been sitting waiting for the motivation and we've maybe encouraged them to not do that um <laughs> what would be your top tip if you had to have a number one top tip for getting started or a couple if you can't pick one but what would be your top tip to encourage folks just to I suppose, like Nike say, just do it. What would be your?
1: (laughs) I'd say let someone know, and if you're not sure who that person is, let Nicola know. Tell let me know. Let someone know, and let someone just celebrate you, like pat you on the back. If again, knowing your if you know that you respond well to someone going, hey, you've done a bloody good job today, then let someone have the opportunity to do that. Um. So yeah, and again, the power of communities. I'm. I So, you know, meet-up. I thought it was only American thing. I didn't realize it's in this country as well. I don't know if you're in any.
0: No, not. not. No.
1: I was just looking at doing one for writing. And then my friend Hannah, she was like, oh, I want to start writing. And we just naturally organically did our thing. But use social media for good. Use meet-up. Use, if there is already an environment there to help you nurture the skill that you want to nurture, then use it. Coaching is just one of those environments. Um, I'm sure there are multiple Facebook groups or meetups across Edinburgh, across the UK, across the world. I don't know if you have any worldwide listeners. I hope you right, do
0: international listeners, yeah. Oh,
1: hello. <laughs> then find something in your local area. And the chances are that if you are trying to overcome a barrier to learning or doing something new, other people are at the same time and you are not alone in it. I think one of the biggest reasons stopping us from doing cool shit is we feel as though we're alone and that makes it so much worse and if you like when the two of us met up a couple of weeks ago to do some co-working it felt well we didn't really get anything useful done because we just chatted for the day but that was on us for leaving it too long for catching up if you have someone there doing work alongside you or doing something that you are trying to do it can really help and that is me as a mostly extroverted person realizing that i do quite well with people but if you're introverted. You don't have to talk. You can just sit there and you almost have that external accountability to like make you do work and not just doom scroll all day, but also to pat you on the back when you've worked for an hour and gone. Yeah, that's if you've not done a skill and then you spent one whole hour doing it, you're an hour ahead than the rest of the world that hasn't done anything to try and nurture that. And you repeat that three or four times, you're going to be unrecognizable from day zero. And then you do that 40 more times and you are going to be I'm not going to say world class, but you're not going to be a beginner anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's like that. Um, oh, I, the numbers escapes me, but I th- is it ten thousand hours they talk about to become an expert or something? But everyone that's ever done that has always had our one and two of just mm. getting started it's almost remembering that isn't it but i love that tip about letting someone know whether that's someone that can help guide you or support you or mentor you or coach you or yeah. just be the accountability person that you need to check in and say did you do that thing you said you were going to do yeah i love that Patty. thanks so much um i really appreciate your time and it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast
1: thank you very much well hopefully our international listeners enjoyed and um, again hats off to you for I know when you when you told me you were launching a podcast I was like all right fair enough maybe you'll do it maybe you won't and then here you are you're absolutely smashing it so apologies for not being one of your biggest supporters early on but look you did it you smashed it and um, yeah amazing to see someone's day zero turning into what 20 hours in and you're smashing it
0: thank you thank you very kind. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again.